0: The Spanish Announce Table.
1: Episode 405 of the Spanish Announce Table. And Tom, uh, I can't be more, I don't want to say excited. Um, It was a great week of wrestling specifically, most specifically, with AEW Dynamite. But there's also some worrisome news that hangs over like a, uh, you know what I mean? Like, what's the opposite of a silver lining to a dark cloud where there's like, everything's great except, man, this could suck that yeah. exactly yeah.
0: that <laughs> that's you said it best Tim. <laughs> you said it nail right on the head hey so one, thing, March I address, hire me. Uh, <laughs> one thing i want to address just right out of the gate i probably sound just a tad bit different mm-hmm. uh, i have a microphone issue uh, any longtime listeners of this show knows that uh technical difficulties is uh, a very close relative to ours and so the second I name of the show microphone yeah basically so the microphone is currently under construction uh so i should have that resolved next week so if this is something that hurts your ears uh just know it's not going to be that way for the long term um but yes there were a lot of things that happened in pro wrestling aw dynamite was really great until it wasn't uh we even had wwe have the firefly funhouse uh which made no sense but we'll get into that later uh tim You want to talk about uh, Dynamite from last night?
1: Yeah, I am excited to talk about AEW Dynamite last night.
0: Yeah. So one other thing that you might notice is we are recording on a Wednesday night. Uh, It is currently 7.51 in the One True Time Zone. Uh, That's typically when Dynamite would be on. And the reason was, it, Dynamite, was on Tuesday night. A special Tuesday night Dynamite episode. All title matches uh, up and down the card which was you know they have title episodes. tuesday damn
1: it as taz said
0: yeah title two i mean but what, with as with as many titles as they have that's kind of every episode yeah. but that's for another yeah. uh, conversation yeah. but we want to uh, first just obviously address the elephant in the room uh, hangman adam page so the episode ended with unfortunately a bad circumstance hangman adam page uh, suffered uh, what was deemed a concussion in a statement from a w uh hangman adam page also said he is doing fine now he was discharged from the hospital uh tim obviously as they say this isn't ballet but how did you receive what happened towards the end of aw dynamite
1: man that was worrisome because huh, right uh, hangman is as you said this is not a cowboy shit podcast right here and if hangman goes down and isn't moving my heart isn't moving you know what i mean (laughs) like Mm -hmm. heart skipped a beat as hogan once said right and you felt the weight crashing down uh, and it hurts inside all right anyway uh not to make light of the hangman situation obviously we hope this means not as bad as we feared because you discussed as long-time listeners know you had a neck injury from a similar fall and we were worried like "Uh uh-oh that might mean no more wrestling. And now we find out, okay, it could be just a concussion. But as you brought up to me off air, Adam Cole got a concussion, and we haven't seen him since. So yeah, you, you never know, right? And it, prayers, thoughts, you know what I mean? GoFundMes, whatever you want for Hangman, however you show your things, you can also show GoFundMes to us on uh, PayPal, on our, on our website, SpanishDownstable.net, but that's the thing. Or you can cash up us like, through Twitter and stuff, but that's fine. Spanish Stable. But hangman, most importantly, uh, send your support to the hangman. And, I mean, I, I AEW and Tony Khan feel like the place where hangman will have a job and a home. But sometimes that still takes a toll mentally on on a person if he can no longer wrestle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's a fear, too. So, I just, I hope we see hangman wrestling in, in as short, as healthily possible. And, and he feels comfortable with and whatnot. Because I need hangman in my life. I don't know if I just say yeah. that, you know.
0: Well, Hangman is, you know, a lot of people like to say heart and soul of the company. You have a John Moxley, you have a Chris Jericho, you had a Kenny Omega, all of these t- types of talents that you could say that. But for me, the the start of the promotion was Hangman challenging for the title and then just this journey of his confidence going up and down up and down up and down and then he wins the title and now we're seeing kind of the second part of that story with the trios championships and dark order and now going after this championship last night uh, so to me the heart and soul of AEW is H- hangman adam page i understand again mjf you could make an argument but he's a different type of character but the ultimate baby face in AEW is hangman adam page And so, yes, just like you said, we hope that he comes back as soon as possible when it is deemed appropriate. As mentioned, Adam Cole was the last one, at least that we're aware of, that got a concussion during a match. That was at the New Japan uh, AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view, which was several months ago. Credit to AEW for not rushing someone back. And also, you know... I have also been a critic of this, but one thing that came to my mind is, uh, this is why Tony Khan signed so many people, because again, it's not ballet. So when Hangman suffers this concussion, we still have people that we can rely on and maybe put into similar spots as Hangman Adam Page, a Ricky Starks, an Eddie Kingston, a Miro. You know, We have some people that aren't being featured right now that can step up, speaks to the depth of of the roster
1: miro hey i got miro Miro as my champion over here as much as i need hangman in my life i also need miro in my life
0: Mm -hmm. for sure uh so yeah that's that was the big incident it felt like it was over gonna overshadow our recap so we figured to might as well get it addressed on the front end and so now let's talk about Dynamo. so title tuesday as you mentioned a special tuesday night episode of aw dynamite kicked off with the aw world trios championship death triangle taking on orange cassidy and the best friends this is how you start a party tim what did you think
1: Uh, i love the touch of orange cassidy doesn't like carrying things so he brings the title in a backpack And, of course, it's a one-arm sling, you know what I mean? Like, he's lazily carrying the backpack at best. I love it. And and then, of course, the match, as they even said on commentary, these guys know how to work together. They have been all over the world with this act in their various Mm forms with each other, so they know where each other's going to be and what to do here. Uh, It is a little bit of the hold your hand, uh, you know, act act like you're beat up while we set up our – Triple spinning over your ball sack, plancha dive, kind of stuff. Um, so sometimes I'm, oh yeah, you know, I'm like, all right, it's not exactly my style, but again, I, I don't think these guys overdo it as much as others. So, and I, I, they've got likable personalities all the way around. Pack, you know. Now, are you just standing. speaking
0: <laughs> strictly to the? Yeah, are you speaking strictly about the best friends or all participants in this match?
1: Pretty much all the participants in this in that match, right? I There's agree. more focus on these spots than say the i mean they're still trying to tell a story i don't even want to necessarily say that but it's just it's we're making sure we're getting the spot and whether the timing was really good or not you know what i mean yeah but yeah i think and, these guys did an a plus job with what they did here
0: and i agree with you one thing i was thinking about aw does not run house shows to the best of my knowledge they've only done one and it was in Jacksonville, but they still taped it. And whenever they get a uh, uh, the network, you know, their version of the network, we will see that show, which should be interesting. Uh, but they don't do house shows. But if they did, I always thought the backpack would be really fun because you don't even have to have the backpack in or you don't even have to have the title in the backpack. Like if you were just doing house shows, you could just say, hey, we're going to have this for uh television shows but i'll have it you know for poughkeepsie when we do a house show there so i like that the backpack is cool and it's original uh also with this match and this is where i want to get some of your feedback uh we saw a little bit of dissension amongst death triangle so as you've probably seen with Pac recently uh he's been using the hammer that they use to ring the bell to get the victories and in this match he kind of says hey if it ain't broke don't Fix it. So let's do it again. And Ray Phoenix stops him and essentially explains to him, like, you can do this. Like, you don't need the hammer. Just to be yeah, Pac. He simply explained it to him. Yeah. He just, Hey, yeah, be listen, Pac. Like, listen, pal. Yeah. And to Pac's credit, he took the advice, at least on the surface value. We'll see if this pays off later. Uh, and death triangle gets the victory. Now, when they did celebrate, it did look like Pac was giving ray phoenix bit of a side eye so my question to you is when the time comes whenever that is death triangle splits up one do you think they do split up or do they just lose the titles and then try to regain them down the road how do you think that death triangle loses the championships uh happens in your opinion yeah, it's interesting.
1: It, it does feel like you know what we're told to believe is, oh, there's dissension. That means they're gonna break up, right? That mm-hmm. that that's coming. They don't they don't plant those seeds without it coming. Now, may or may not that always be the case in AEW storylines. We still have some time; it's still fairly new, three years. So maybe, but I don't see a reason you would. These folks operate independently. We've seen the Lucha Bros as a tag team without pack hanging around nowhere to be found not even mentioned and same thing with pack we've mm-hmm. seen him wrestle without mention of like where's his death triangle buddies right they they can and do operate independently of each other so unless they're trying to tell that specific story i just don't know why you would try to tell that specific story i don't know that i'm gonna you know i don't know i mean fine it probably wouldn't be a bad story pack and the lucha Bros suddenly are no longer a thing maybe you get some Maybe Penta's like, nah, I want to use the hammer, and and Ray's like, nah, you know, maybe it's it's a swerve, and we don't see it coming. Maybe there's two heels, and and they leave Ray to go. Well, that's the thing
0: that's interesting. That's what I think is the most interesting thing about these trio championships is you can't rely on a lot of the classic tropes that wrestling has, where one guy turns on the other guy. Well, in a trios, that means what's the third guy gonna do, right? Like, is he gonna pull a Sammy Guevara and leave the group like he did with Inner Circle? Or does he side with one or the other? So that's what I'm most interested in because obviously we know in time, Death Triangle will lose their trios championship. But with this kind of sprinkling of dissension, I wonder if we're gonna break up the group, which would be interesting to me. So let's keep moving here. Uh, After the match, again, Death Triangle retains their trios championships. Uh, We get a quick backstage interview with Britt Baker, she and Jamie Hayter, they're saying we're going to be champ, cool, and then we get into the AEW Interim Women's World Championship Match, Champion Tony Storm versus Challenger Hikaru Shida, and Tim, I want to point out this is the second match of the night. What are we doing? <laughs> well,
1: I know this is not time for the women. This is normally the women are at eight thirty,
0: <laughs> yeah. on the
1: dot. Yeah, I um, was surprised by that, as you've already alluded to, that the women were already. You know, typically the trope is AW's women go on right before the main event. Well, that didn't happen here, and they put on a good match. I mean, this was you know they slapped each other around. They 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 did a lot, all the wrestling moves. They the battle was here's two friends just going for a championship i think we understood that story so there was a lot of heart and determination and respect towards each other
0: uh it was and fun german right? suplexes and german yeah. suplexes, a there of, was german a suplexes. Fun of german suplexes which hey so many it's a good move to rely on yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's a good I mean, move to rely great. on
0: right if you're going to be like well what do i do do a german suplex everyone will like it yeah, everybody loves uh, a tony suplex. storm retains Everyone loves a German suplex. Tony Storm retains here. And uh, after the match, Jamie Hayter and Rebel attack Tony Storm. And then Britt Baker, because uh, we were in Cincinnati, comes out wearing a Steelers jersey. For any international listeners, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals in the National Football League are rivals. So she was doing it to get cheap heat. It worked. They booed the shit out of her. Of course. But she comes down. I want to boo her and she's and she's stomping away on Tony storm. And then here comes Soraya and Soraya to kind of what you've been saying. Got a dud of a pop Mm. kind of was like, now it could be two things. It could be one. We don't know her music. So when it hits, everyone's like, what's that? And by the time she's doing it, it's like, well, I'm not going to cheer. Now I'm already already running down
1: the, the ramp. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or two, and I hope it's not the latter, is maybe she's not over. Because I bring that up because she grabs Britt Baker. They go feuding into the crowd, not to be seen again for the rest of the night. But then, out of nowhere, the first ever women's world heavyweight champion, or I guess women's champion, because she's not heavyweight, uh, Rio comes out, all 96 pounds of Rio, runs down. And she does a dive on Jamie Hader, and she's what do you think of Rio coming back? All of this stuff.
1: I just, you know, notwithstanding, the the things we've talked about were I mean, I this not an attempt to body shame, but it is hard to not make it look I appear like like a pre adolescent girl is going out there beating these people up. You know what I mean? Like she is very small. So, and that's fine, right? We've told the small person comes out, is lightning Ray quick, and gets in some kicks, right? Fine. But I just, with Riho, again, I, there is a language barrier. I, I'm not saying she's less of a performer because there's a language barrier, but there is a language barrier. And so we're not telling a story with Rio other than like, she came in and bounced around the ring and kicks people in the face, which could have been any singular person. Right? So I'm, I guess I'm just kind of like, okay, well that happened, right? Which is fine. Some things mm. just happen. Real happened. But I'm not it's definitely not making me be like I got to tune in next week cuz now like how many more people need to be in this storyline? What are we doing? Are we doing some kind of women's war games coming up or something or why? Why
0: so many? You know? Well, so what I think yeah, so what I think is Soraya and Britt Baker are going to have a match at full gear. So we're kind of separating them from this story. It's going to be those two battle of the bitches or whatever quick, they want to call it. Another
1: reason why Soraya gets that mild pop is because, yeah, she might be over, but like not Britt Baker over in AEW. Right, Britt Baker is I like agree. one of the top three of all the pops in AEW.
0: Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, so I think they're going to go there and they're going to have their match. So they're going to be separated from Tony Storm in the championship for the short-term period. I think Tony Storm doesn't necessarily have the feud built in as this interim world champion. I think we're buying time until Thunder Rosa gets healthy. So I think what we're doing is, if you recall, Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm had a match together. Well, now she took on Hikaru Shida. Rio comes in to help out Tony Storm. So I'm assuming next week we get Tony Storm versus Rio. So we're just doing this thing where it's like, if you touch the champion, you get a title match. And so now it's Rio's turn. Now to Rio, I totally agree with you as far as, physically, she's not impressive. She looks tiny. I think the thing that hurts her the most though, is because I brought up, Rey Mysterio is also, when he was 1997 WCW, one of the smallest people in wrestling history, right? To be on national television, you get what I'm saying? I think what hurts her though is her moveset is like anyone else. Where Rey Mysterio, when he's wrestling Big Show or Kurt Angle or Edge or whoever it was, it was this like, bing, 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 bing. And you're like, well, shit, man, no wonder he's winning because he's hitting them and they can't even see it. With Rio, she kind of just wrestles the standard match, which I understand, you know, it's, it's difficult to in 2022 with all the wrestling we've seen to find a new move, but I just think her move set doesn't lend anything to her being, you know, some type of, uh, challenger or champion. I think that's why one of her championship runs, you know, the original one didn't necessarily do that. Well, because again, she didn't distinguish herself after being such a kind of small champion.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, so. I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. You said it best. All huh? right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Your, your, your camera's a little blurry. I don't know why that's
1: going on. I'm trying to fix that on the side. So you talk while I try to fix that. I don't know. All, why-
0: all right, there we go. So I'll just talk you, you answer. So we get backstage and uh, we go to the back and it's Renee Paquette, and she's interviewing F T R. And FTR is saying, hey, we got the AAA, we got the New Japan, we got the Ring of Honor, but the number one championship we want, we want our AEW championships back. We're the number one contenders. It's been 17 years. We're going after them. Give us our AEW Tag Team Championships. Give me what I want.
1: I need the Batista Batista sound.
0: And before they necessarily get their rah-rah moment, swerving our glory comes in and swerving our glory well first off swerve really just says oh what are you talking about you've been this you kind of suck and running them down and Keith Lee says would you stop to swerve not saying anything yet to FTR he says swerve would you cut the shit then Ke- Keith Lee goes on to say yes we would like our rematch but we understand you're the number one contender so why don't the four of us in a tag team match, figure out who the number one contender is. What do you think of FPR versus Swerve in our glory? Because this seems fun.
1: Yeah, I think this will be fun. I think the match will be good. Uh, You were asking what's up with Keith Lee and Swerve, and I think, you know, it's still there. Uh, They're clearly playing into that because Swerve was very much annoying Keith Lee, right? And... They left not on the same page, not understanding each other. So, at some point, we're going to get it. At some point, we're going to get the separation here. And I think that would be a good feud to even take those two, put them on a good spot on the
0: card, right? Swerve versus Keith Lee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then elevate FTR. FTR and the Acclaimed, if that's where we're going, I don't even know how to compute that. Like, I don't even know how to comprehend an FTR acclaimed yeah, who I root for we're the that? acclaimed, yeah. but where the acclaimed are the baby faces. I can get it. If you have FTR as the baby faces, Acclaim runs them down, but I don't even, what like, that's gonna be crazy. So we'll see if that happens. One other quick note before we move on. I've always said on this podcast, swerve Strickland is the coolest guy in pro wrestling. And I still believe that however kind of looked like a schmuck when he walked in and he's still eating peanuts and he hadn't chewed fully his peanuts before he started talking. Like mm. I get it. We're in AEW. We don't kind of button up like WWE. And I like that. But that one should have been like a, hey, if this isn't live, can we redo that? Because that looked like shit, right? That's all I'll say. Hopefully that's playing into the character of him being unprofessional, him being nonchalant, not caring about... Really anyone else's feelings maybe i don't know but i just that rubbed me the wrong way where i was like what a dude finish your food before you walk in jerk but maybe that's what he wanted me to say maybe then we get a uh, back so after that it looks like again ftr versus swerving our glory for the number one contendership definitely love it after that though we get another face-to-face backstage interview and it's darby allen and jay lethal and Tim, I said this on our Twitter at table show while I live tweeted uh, during AW Dynamite, I get so scared with backstage segments and Darby Allen because I feel like Darby Allen twists the arm of whoever he's, he's doing the backstage segment with, with, hey, throw me off the, like throw me off the building, it's fine. And I just get so scared. And in this one, it wasn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but a door an elevated door or elevator door coming down on your abdomen
1: yeah, like a garage it door feel great. like a, at a warehouse yeah. you see the middle ones it, to me i for one i'm like you guys had to dismantle the safety thing that doesn't let you know that close down on something i'm assuming there was something there um mm-hmm. and yeah like how do we know we stopped this in time that it wasn't squishing them? Uh, and maybe they worked but i out, think but darby
0: I, allen likes it
1: but it was a great spot at something I, I haven't seen, right? They put him on the thing and he's like, hey, watch this. And he goes around right the other side and just starts giving him the figure four. What's he going to do? But it? can't turn it over now, right? So love that. Um, it was fine. I thought this was good. I like he called him a trash panda. Um, just, yeah. you know, fine. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Again, like this will be a good match, right? Whatever comes out of this. And it is interesting who are they referencing when they say one of your close friends? you know what i mean close personal friend or one of our close personal friends like knows you very well or something told us what your weakness is and now we know it like we like we know it. Sting? it sting oh that would be so great if it was sting but it's not gonna be sting right no
0: who would it be let's think yeah, Sting's let's Stong's have really a fun... deal
1: for like Jay lethal and sanjay dutt right like it would be for like somebody what? like a darby allen up and coming right
0: yeah, and also they have Satnam Singh, the seven foot four monster. So it's not like they need to add more Dude, people to their. That hoop.
1: might get Darby Allen super over of him and Sting turn to heel. Like if he starts turning heel and Sting's trying to like convince him otherwise, and then out of nowhere we get a whap. Sting's giving somebody the Kansas City count punt. I love oh, it. Talk about being all over the. News. I would say,
0: I would say, maybe it wasn't an actual friend. Maybe that was said in sarcasm and it's good old brody king who's like oh i remember when i choked him out and threw him on the floor that's what you do to beat him <laughs> jay lethal's like oh okay great choker or choke slam just or whatever be twice the is. size and it yeah, yeah just be twice the size and hold him up with uh with the rear naked choke that sounds great yeah so this is going to be fine uh, jay lethal to me we met him <clears throat> very pleasant guy satnam singh was also a very pleasant but Jay Lethal to me just screams dead-end promo. Like it's the last thing you do before you say, I don't have anything else to do. You know, I like Jay Lethal, but I don't know, right? I mean, he's lost to Samoa Joe. He doesn't really win a ton. So like, I'm supposed to think he's going to take out one of the pillars of AEW and Darby Allen, And he already lost to him once. So yeah, something has to happen. Sting turning heel would make this give it some juice and then turn me back into being interested. But right now, eh. And Darby, stop going backstage. Just do all your stuff in ring and get out. Don't I don't want to see a death on on TV. So you're right. Tim, we got the best segment of the night after the Darby Allen Jay Lethal backstage promo. We get William Regal in the ring. And William Regal is talking to Tony Schiavone. And before he even really gets to say anything, MJF comes out and MJF interrupts him. And Christ almighty, Tim, we got another benchmark of the MJF promo. You know, we got the origin story from how CM Punk broke his heart. Now we're getting the motivation where William Regal apparently, and I'm going to paraphrase because MJF said it way better than me and I don't want to, quote him but paraphrasing mjf essentially said hey remember that time when i got to try out in wwe and you liked me and i thought this was my chance and then you said i was too young but keep in touch and then after a few months you said stop yeah that's what's motivating me to be mjf so first before we get into william regal's side of the story what did you think of the mjf promo
1: um, I thought. Yeah, hold on one second. Let me get back over here. Something's wrong with my stuff here. Technical difficulties. As we discuss, why not? Yep, yep, yep. yep. All right. So, uh, yes. Sorry about that. Yes, I, I MJF side was amazing. We get these MJF promos uh, every once in a while where he just you feel like he's been waiting for the grand stage to to give this promo. Like I, I, I have to believe that this kind of went down that way anymore. You know what I mean? He's either so good as an actor that he's not long for the wrestling world because he'll be in movies or there's a lot of truth to this. And I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really
0: good. I, I think... There is truth to it. I don't think that what he said was a made-up situation in WWE. Obviously, we've seen him as an extra in WWE when Samoa Joe punked him and said, yep. get back, and so I'm in front, right? So we, we, he's worked in WWE. We know that, right? Yeah. I just think, and this is my own opinion, is he takes that situation, and then he says, hey, remember, uh, we kind of lost contact? And I think possibly... The letter of stop talking to me, that might be the fabrication, right? That might be the lie that gets us to the, that's what drove me to BMJF. But I think everything else is truth. Again, that's just a hunch. Maybe it's all true. Maybe it's all a lie. I don't know. But it feels real. And that's the best part of it. And that's all I care about. I don't even need authenticity. I don't need someone to fact check and go, hey, guess what? Here's the letter I found. I don't just entertain me and this entertained the hell out of me. Now, let's flip to the other side. Throughout the entire time that MJF is giving this heartfelt speech to William Regal, Regal has a smirk on his face the entire time. Just, just almost, almost like smug like yeah of course you're saying this you dumb shit. you know how many times i've heard this you know how many fucking people have told me that the, that i was the motivation to keep them wrestling and you know what they're doing Fucking nothing that's what it felt like to me but what william regal starts off with and he starts to get booed so the crowd mm-hmm. cheers mjf regal i thought was really the mvp here because he did not get flustered so he starts to speak and he's getting booed boo and son of a bitch, Tim, by the end of it, they're cheering him too. Like, so what he says is when I was 16 years old, wrestling the independent circuit in England, I was going to bed with broken noses and blood coming out of my eyes and getting the shit kicked out of me by by adult men. And I had to earn the respect to get to where I am today. So if a letter is what got you to this point, you had it fucking easy. And isn't that the truth, right? I like, mean, yeah,
1: I think that's kind of what he's like. Listen here, millennial, you. <laughs> that's basically what he said.
0: But here's the awesome thing, and again, why we love AEW so much, uh, at least in my opinion, is both guys are true, both guys are telling the truth and are valid in their reasons. It's not like if I went to talk to MJF and me and him were friends and he told me that I'd be like, "Fuck Regal." This is and then on the other point. side.
1: To dive into a little bit before we continue here. There's a lot of talk of this like people are picking sides and people are WWE marks and AEW homers and these kind of things, right? The reason we are fans of AEW and not so much WWE is this, that the WWE is geared for the people who want the traditional Saturday morning cartoon hero to come in and just, I'm strong, nobody can beat me punch you in the face and then they do simplistic heel things here we get real life emotions out of these characters this is just not what we get in wwe that's why we're huge fans of aw is this is wwe's written for the for the hero right it's it's like written for the hero lover this is for the villain right like we're seeing the villain story unfold left and right here more often than not in aw and even on yeah. the hero side we get this like real man struggle like with hangman and things you can identify with right Eddie kingston just, yeah if i can put it in batman terms like some batman is written for the people who like the batman and some batman is written for the people who like the joker you know what i mean you get these kind of different movies and different different yeah look you're gonna call me a comic book nerd is that what you're gonna
0: yeah it is a yeah. nerd now yeah.
1: nerd nerd, nerd. <laughs> I'm trying to put it into references these guys can understand. And that's the only comic book guy I
0: know. Now what I will say is But I'm right before we you are right. Before we get back on track Thanks. with AEW I'm gonna Dynamite, clip that. what part, I will man. say is WWE is trying a little bit. The Sami Zayn is interesting, it has its yes. layers. But again, that's it's not more, all bad. We've not, got some to talk about. I, I yeah. will talk about it. Yeah. Well, and, but, but that's also not origin stories or motivations. It's more just frustrations and bumping into it, you know? So it's a little bit different going back to this William Regal then cuts him down and says like, mm-hmm. you, you can do it the right way. You don't have to, cause he brings up pushing Tony Schiavone. He's like, Hey, if you want to, I love the line where he said these brass knuckles the only reason I used them is cause I liked it. I didn't yeah. need it. Yeah. I loved it. And so I, said, like I just like just, hitting people with it. Like, yeah. I like the line that's drawn in the sand with William Regal where he says, yes, we're both villains in this ring, but the way I do my business is the right way and the yeah. respectable way, because everyone back there will say it, the way you're doing with pushing Tony Schiavone, is crossing the line I Even
1: like how he's like look i was insulting tony shivani before you were born like that's fine but like you don't put your hands on mr shivani <laughs>
0: exactly right. you know what it feels like almost to me here's the analogy that just came to my mind it, and again both people in this story are telling the truth and have a valid reason but it it, it reminds me of like when the nineteen 50 gangsters that wear the suits and say we have a code of honor bumps into the street gangsters who you know will do the drive by and like any means necessary kind of stuff and it's like they both suck right like both of them are bad one just says you know you don't kill people in a church or something where the other guy the you know Street gangster or whatever you want to call him is like, no, I'll shoot him in his bed. I don't give a shit. Fuck that guy, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's kind of what it felt like to me. Is where this old school way of being a villain needs to be respected.
1: Yeah, I like how he's almost like just trying to convert him and like, be a villain, but don't be a dickhead.
0: <laughs> like, don't, like mm-hmm. come on, man. Fucking yeah. So what, Shabani, do to so you? Promo it. <laughs> Yeah. So the promo ends with. By the William way, turning I think back- I'm labeling
1: Tony okay. Schiavone as the wholesome stepdad of pro wrestling.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hit that guy. Okay. You want to get back to the so William Regal <laughs> is standing there, and he turns his back to him, and he says, "Take a shot. Hit me if you want." And MJF looks, and he even kind of gets the ring on his finger, and he rears back, and he's going to, and he doesn't. And he walks out and storms off. Now, I'm going to jump out of chronological order. Let's talk again about that main event. So, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Hangman had the unfortunate injury. I don't know what the plan was, but it didn't feel like it was this. But Moxley, with the time remaining, grabs the microphone and calls out MJF. MJF, come out here. You know, I'm I'm not even done fighting. I'm I have barely broke a sweat. Come out here, you bitch, you know? And MJF, MJF does come out and he has the referee and he has the chip and he gets in there and he takes his shirt off and he's ready, but he's still in street clothes, right? Because he didn't get dressed. And he's rearing back again and he's gonna fight Moxley and then he rolls out. And then he grabs the chip and he shoves it into William Regal's chest and says, you keep it gets on the microphone and says, I'm cashing that in at full gear because now I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to earn it. What a story for yeah. me before this, th- none of this came to my mind. And now it's the most interesting thing with William Regal and MJF. It's outstanding.
1: Yeah. My worry here is the best story to tell now is full gear arrives mjf's gonna do it the right way he's even getting a little bit of a pep talk from william regal uh during the show right backstage and we see mjf having this kind of like i get it right uh ordinary uh, whatever they call decent villain right like do things the right way he gets hit with the brass knucks by william regal in this main event and john moxley wins and they walk out of there holding hand and now mjf's looking the sucker
0: that would be so that would definitely be on brand for the mjf john moxley story because if you run it back and go back to 2020 during the pandemic and they had their feud mjf was doing the mjf in 2020 political stuff but what he got in the match was you can't do the paradigm shift john okay like i'll fight but you're not doing that move john agrees right but in that match the referee being distracted or being hurt i don't remember what the circumstances were but john moxley hits that paradigm shift and beats mjf so if that does happen i mean that just drives mjf even crazier but i think he directs his attention now to john moxley where he's like so now every fucking time i face you you have to go to the lowest common denominator just
1: The backstabbing from William Regal. Here he thought he was having this moment, and then all of it was a ruse, and he's like, yeah, Sunshine, step up your game. Mm -hmm. That's what I told you in the email. When you become a star, come back and see me. (laughs) that would be great. Uh, Theo in the chat, by the way, referencing the Batman, he said, as long as we don't get any more Batman Forever bat nipples. So, I mean, you know, if you don't like nipples, that's your thing. Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) Some people love it. Yes, I uh, love nipples. Speaking of, as we continue this, uh, really promo heavy, very acclaim or acclaim, heavy, uh, AEW dynamite. Heavy. Yeah. But we continue it with another backstage interview. This one looked to be pre-taped because Renee Young is sitting down with Brian Danielson and, uh, Willer Yuta. And Danielson's like, yeah, I should have seen it coming, but you know it's Daniel Garcia. And I think Daniel Garcia could be the best one here. And Yuta just looks at him and is like, "Bro, who the fuck are you?" Like, Claudio sees it, Moxley sees it, Regal sees it. What the fuck are you doing, falling for Daniel Garcia's trick, like you dumbass? And then just leaves him. So what happens here? Are we seeing the BCC breakup? I don't know, but I like that we get
1: these bouts of subtlety, right? It's not necessarily a breakup, but we see that friendships are hard, right? You don't always get along. Partnerships are not easy. It takes work uh, of whatever kind they are. And also, as a side caveat, Renee Paquette being here makes this all the better too because she's just so much more realistic in her interview style, right? The whole... Hey, I can't help but notice, like, she felt like a counselor in the room, right? Like, just a knew how to guide the conversation. And, yes, I like that, that he's like, hey, best wrestler, bro, I'm your fucking student. (laughs) Like, you're a dick. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What what am I here for? If you're going to, like, publicly just act like I'm your second favorite kid, you motherfucker. So, I mean, I think that's what he said. I'm paraphrasing. But, you know? Mm He's right. He's right. Well, They're both right. Well, this is kind of what we said. They're yeah. both
0: right. Well, because the other side of this coin is, you, you know, you meet your mentor, but that doesn't mean your mentor thinks you're the prodigy. is your friend. Right? Yeah. It just means hey, yeah, I'll take this project on. I see a lot of potential. But I mean, take sports references for example, right? I bet that the Las Vegas Raiders really think that Derek Carr is a good quarterback and could potentially take them on a playoff run.
1: Kind of like how the Broncos uh, Russell Wilson.
0: (laughs) Well, but you know who their favorite quarterback is? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And so Derek Carr might look to him, the coach or whoever it is and be like, Hey man, I'm your guy. And they'll say like, yeah, you're a guy. But if we had a chance to trade for
1: Patrick Mahomes, we would do it in a second. And he'd say that on TV.
0: Yeah, and so that's what this feels like, where Brian Danielson is telling, essentially, he told this to Renee, he didn't really direct it towards Yuta, but just says, hey, if I get the chance to get Daniel Garcia, absolutely. And Yuda was like, I thought you selected me and only me. And that's where, I don't know, because where does Claudio come in? Where does John Moxley come in? What's William Regal's role in all of this? Very interesting stuff.
1: Yeah. I'd like to shout out the chat real quick. fan 990 with uh, the three horns says, Just got off work. No better time to have you guys on in the car. Uh, ha 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 ha! Ha ha! <laughs> Completely agree. Friendship is important. Thanks, lad. Love the show. And it, friendship is important. This is what I said in the chat earlier. Like, Come chat. Be our wrestling friends. Be wrestling friends with each other. We all need friends right now. The world sucks. We need wrestling friends. So we're glad you're here, Ramon's fan, Theo. We even had a Landon Wilkinson in the chat earlier. Shout out to that guy. So just, yeah, hang out. Be our wrestling friends. Talk to us. Anyway, Tom, you were saying that's all right.
0: Let's get back on track here. <laughs> yeah. Now we get into the ROH World Championship match. And mm. I'm just going to say it right now I love The Acclaimed. Their entrance yes. is Must See TV. The rap that Max Caster does. Is something you, is appointment television, but I think the coolest entrance is Dalton Castle. Dalton this Castle. That shit was so yeah. much fun.
1: I know we have talked shit on the whole, like, why do we keep having ROH guys on, on TV, and why don't they just have their own show? I forgot all about that shit when Dalton Castle came out. <laughs> I was like, okay, we need more of this guy on my TV. He's so, so fun. So fun. Everything. He was awesome. Everything. It's all these, like, it's it's when you have so many things, right? So he's got the look, he's got the whole, he's got the boys, he's got the phrases, he's got the man, like, there's just so much completeness to this package and character that is unmatched, and it is so different from anybody else. You can't, how can you not love Dalton Castle?
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I just love the entire presentation, because even when we get to the match, so Chris Jericho comes out with Jake Hager, jake Hager still wearing the hat but when we get to the match it's not as if dalton castle yeah we'll, we'll get to that but it's not as if dalton castle when jericho got into the ring did the you know um did the like prancing around as oh no like like the genius from the 1980s you know mm-hmm. like oh no don't hit me right it was yeah. like hey you, you want to shake hands guess what i got for you oh dick fuck you <laughs> and that is what again like you're talking about layers is it's not just oh this this feminine uh wrestler who just has boys and wants to be fanned it's like yeah he likes to be fan yeah he has boys but guess what he'll grab his dick and then flip you off if he yeah. doesn't like you because he's a powerful peacock he's a powerful peacock who flips people off with his dick first
1: gets a handful of dick and then flips you off with it <laughs> a yeah. handful of dick smell <laughs> just yeah, yeah i loved it well yes and as they said he wrestled a good match right like wrestled a good match they reference his toughness wrestling with a broken back which is not mm-hmm. advised careful calm it down no. but you yeah. know um <laughs> but again the whole package is so unique that it's just it's so unique but you also get it immediately, right? That you don't need any explanation. You I could show anybody that and they get what's going on with Dalton Castle and they're probably like that guy's fun. I like this guy.
0: He's awesome. Uh definitely the the breakout star in my opinion of the episode for sure. Uh also though throughout this match we did get a Boys and Jake Hager segment where the boys took uh Jake Hager's yeah. hat. So he's getting beat
1: down, he loses the hat, and as he's getting beat down, he makes sure he puts the hat back on, right? And then they steal the hat again, and that's what makes him be like, Don't touch my hat. And he starts he grabs the nearest guy and yeets him off to the side, (laughs) grabs the next guy. Loved it. Again, more of this with Hager, right? Just stupid little idioms. Less is more. And all of a sudden he's gonna be one of our favorites. Like it won't take much. No. No, easy okay maybe not one of our favorites favorites but like one of our favorite i'll say spots in the in the show
0: i will only go as far tim as saying i'll liken it to
1: i'll liken it to remember when we go ah sean spears just fucking hit a guy with a chair right that kind of a spot one of our like thumbs up moments yeah
0: no I, yes i agree i like the negotiations where we're sentiment. bringing this down yeah. yeah yeah i like your sentiment and i agree with what you're yes. saying but, but I, I disagree completely to, <laughs> well no i will only agree to not liking him i will only yeah. agree to go into not liking him i will not go into the like right. or amuse yeah. or anything. fuck him I, I like the hat <laughs> i like the yeah, hat. i like too. the hat i like yeah. the hat the bucket hat i like not jake hager uh, but Chris Jericho gets the victory, and then after the match, Chris Jericho, after he retains the championship, gets up to the stage, gets on the microphone with the rest of the JAS, and he says, "Hey, I'm still taking people out." And guess whose turn it is this week? The commentator. And they go and grab—I don't remember his name. I like his work; he's very good. Ian something. I don't. Yeah, no, back. he's
1: really good. I do like him too. As a yes.
0: But they grab him, but before they could even give him a Judas effect or whatever they're gonna do, Jerry Lynn walks out and was like, "Jericho, my guy, I get it." The announcer one time, like, let's let that one slide. But this, like, what the fuck are you doing? And Jericho says, "Oh, that's cool. I'll just take you out. How about that? Whop And gives him a a, a tombstone yeah, on the ROH championship belt. Now here's the interesting point about that as Chris Jericho has said, he's taking out all of the available ring of honor champions. Well, Jerry Lynn can't wrestle to the best of my knowledge, at least that's what's been stated in the past, but he's also a former ROH heavyweight champion. So here he goes taking out another ROH champion in Jerry Lynn. So it's, it checks that box and it's dastardly kind of like what we we're talking about with Regal and don't go after Tony Schiavone. Don't go after the, well, the agents here.
1: One of my favorite spots of this match too was Tony Schiavone's. Like, if I can just say something, he's like, Chris Jericho said, like he's trying to. He's trying to, like, ruin and, and destroy the legacy and everything in the name of, like, of what Ring of Honor was built on. And Taz is like, well, so what? That's okay. <laughs> it's like, fuck oh, yeah,
0: Taz. So he's like, come yeah. on, why do you guys give a shit? That's
1: <laughs> great. Loved it.
0: Well, one other thing that I, that I uh, made note of, but I didn't think it was too much of a talking point, but I will bring it up. Uh, Chris Jericho won clean. There was no mm-hmm. shenanigans here. There, oh, and they there talked was about a it, yeah. code of honor.
1: Yeah, that's what they said at the end. Like, you know, he said, "You know what he didn't do?" And they said he didn't cheat. He said he didn't cheat. He said whether he intended to or not, he upheld the code of honor.
0: And he started the match with the handshake. So are we going to see him work himself into a shoot and be like, "I love the honor. The honor is the way to go." Like
1: again, this is the way AEW tells stories where it's that kind of like ever-changing personality. We see during the course of an event, usually both combatants, if we're doing a traditional one-on-one, change a little bit after each of these major mm-hmm. stories. And I like it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we'll see the fallout from Jerry Lynn getting tombstoned on the championship. But as we continue the show, backstage, Jade Cargill is pissed. Yeah, wouldn't you be? The baddies can't find her title. Nyla Rose is still killing it on twitter if you if you need a someone to follow on twitter yeah follow nyla rose yeah. she is a plus material every single day yeah this is one kills of the funnest
1: it. she's been too in this like doing this thing with yeah. the title and, yeah
0: absolutely awesome nyla rose kills it uh but she still has the uh tbs championship so then jade cargill looks into the uh into the uh camera excuse me and says hey tony I want my title back. If you don't get it to me or Nyla doesn't get it to me, I'll waste 60 minutes of your goddamn show because I'm that bitch. So that brings up the question. You know, we always do. It's time for For women. women. (laughs) But are we going to... Is Tony Khan watching our show and got offended that we have a catchphrase and now is putting the women in different spots? Because I guess I would guess on Rampage, but Jade Cargill will start off the the episode.
1: I I suggested MJF do something with William Regal. I suggested, you know, Tony Khan's watching. Tony Khan's watching. We know what's up. Hey, Tony. What's up, man? Are you Ramones fan 990, Tony? Yeah, hey, yeah, come on. give me
0: a chance. Come on. I can write come anything
1: on, yeah. that you need. <laughs> we found Tony Khan's uh, burner but... account. <laughs>
0: hey. <laughs> hey what's uh... So yeah, and then what was next is again what we talked about already, the AEW World Championship match, Moxley versus Hangman. Uh, We talked about kind of what happened. But I will say that match was incredible. Started off great. Hangman runs to Moxley. Doesn't even allow him to get into the ring. Does the backflip off of one of the entrances. I mean, this had the makings of a classic. Unfortunately, it was cut short. Uh, So very curious to see what happens moving forward with Really, I mean, and we'll probably
1: never know this, but where do you think this was going? Do you think Moxley was gonna win, and we were still gonna get this MJF with Regal at the end? Because that feels like it fits, right? We had Regal earlier, saying do this, do that, and like he's tied to Moxley, so I feel like somehow Moxley was still gonna win this. So maybe they just were like, uh "Oh, get out there and say something for a while, and then do the spot," right? Like we need we need to fill five minutes or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I mean, would be all we can do is know. guess on that, but.
0: Yeah, I would be curious to know what was the finish. I would suspect, because one thing that happened before the unfortunate incident with Hangman was MJF was up in the suite. And then they went back to showing him in the suite and he was gone. So I think, again, we don't know. But my gut was telling me, oh, shit he, this is what I'll tell you what I thought was going to happen. Again, we'll never know unless Tony Khan does an interview and says, here's the paper. It's right here. But I think Moxley and Hangman are just absolutely killing each other, doing all the crazy moves, right? MJF walks out with the referee and the chip. And as he goes to like, I'm going to cash in right now during the match, Regal gives him the look like, really? And then he backs off Someone gets their finisher, uh, finisher reversal, Moxley wins. And then I think we would have got MJF saying to the crowd and to us, I'm doing it the right way. Fuck you. Regal, you piece of shit. Why are you in my head? And then walks away. That's what I think. But again, we'll never know, but that's what I, I thought. Mean, we were doing yeah, that him.
1: might've worked. Uh, Ramones fan 990 slash Tony Khan in the, in the chat said, I'm definitely Tony. Just trying to clear my name from that aerial interview, which we got a lot of views on that very quick brief discussion we had on that aerial a lot of people called us aw marks you know fuck those people i mean you know we love aw we're not gonna lie about that but you know i mean yeah it's the better show but um yeah (laughs) Yeah. like why why would you hate it uh but he does say in in all you know jesting aside says tk definitely needs to tune into you guys and taking notes thanks guys i know thank you thank you uh okay
0: so that was aw dynamite let's talk about that Mm -hmm. then are you caught up on the Ariel Tony Khan interview?
1: I mean, I've, yeah, as much as I think I need to be. Like yeah. the whole thing with me is like I people that got mad were like, "Oh, look at these AEW marks to us." The whole thing is you have probably seen every every Ariel Hawani interview ever if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may not I'm be one wrong. of his
0: founding members. I'm one of his founding members on yeah. Substack. I do yeah. a once a quarter meeting with him on Zoom. Yeah, I know him pretty well.
1: So, like it, it, it. You were talking kind of directly to Ariel in that regard of saying, like, eh, if anybody couldn't tell, the sour grapes. It, what I likened it to was he sounded butthurt hurt to me that Tony Khan didn't find him important enough to break the advice of his legal team in an ongoing legal issue. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm sure. They could have signed every single document they needed to and the legal issue is no longer ongoing, but part of it was probably nobody's ever speaking of this again, but it's probably not even that it's probably still ongoing. And as of right now, you don't speak of it because it could be used against us in our ongoing legal battle. And if anybody doesn't understand that, that's what they're lying about. Not what Ariel Hawani is saying. Like if anybody says they like AEW better than WWE, they're lying. I'm not lying. I said earlier why it's a better product than WWE because it's not made for fucking children. So, like, I don't... I mean, it's, it's fine. Like, kids are fine, right? Like, watch the WWE, that's fine. They- but, like, I just... I also like the subtleties that we get in these storylines like we're talking about. I saw Road Dogg said, AEW things don't connect and they don't, like, make sense. I'm like, you watch your own fucking product? I'm like, none of that shit connects and makes yeah. sense. Yeah, go look for that. So, yeah. like, to me, it's just... You were mad he didn't give you the scoop. I don't know how you book your interviews, but if you would have told him ahead of time and gave him a thing saying, hey, we're going to ask you this question, this question, this question, I'm sure they would have said, well, we're not going to answer this question, this question, this question, this question. So, like, to me, you kind of bum rush him with questions he couldn't answer, and he very respectfully said, I can't answer that, right? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, ongoing legal issue. But the things he did dive into was more of, like, history of a w some of the some of the matches some of the decisions he made on why this or why that the only ones he didn't dive into were ones that are most likely tied into an ongoing legal battle so like no ariel hawani you're just not that important to tony khan
0: well and, and also y- you do understand ariel's position right he is the one that typically will have the headline n- news sure. article in the mma space sometimes in wwe there are excuse me in pro wrestling there have been wwe headlines off of ariel hawani interviews so i can understand how ariel Hawani's like all right first time talking to tony khan let's start it off with bang let's get him to say x right we're gonna get x accomplished in this interview and it didn't happen so as he mentioned it can be frustrating my biggest issue was not necessarily anything that of his answer because to give context The way this came about is every Wednesday, you can ask questions to Ariel, the best 20 or so get picked. This one got picked. He answered what's been your most frustrating interview. He said, Tony Khan." right. All of that is fine. I think the frustrating part is so he
1: didn't go out of his way to say, Tony Khan, he did not go out
0: of his way. He's like, Hey, guess what guys, (laughs) you saw that interview. It fucking sucked. He did nothing of that sort. I think where the backlash came on him was, yes, you were probably frustrated that you didn't get the headline. However, you had the opportunity to get a huge headline with Triple H, and they were mostly softballs. So I don't know how you can be upset and frustrated with Tony Khan yeah. when you pressed him, but when with your Triple H, you don't press You know what I mean? The tone of the two interviews were different. Mm -hmm. One interview was, give me information. The other one was, WWE, now you're in control. Well, there's that. So, like,
1: he even addressed it. And so I think part of this whole conversation that that Ariel Hawani is having post-interview is still stemming from, it was clear Ariel Hawani was under some impression that Tony Khan didn't like him for some reason. He couldn't figure out why. He was like, why is that guy? So when they booked the interview, he's probably like, Oh, well, I might try to ask him this question. And he did ask him. And and Tony was like, no, man, that's not a thing. Like, totally sorry if that was... Mm He even was kind of like, I didn't intend that. I never meant to say that about Nick Khan or anything or like that. Like, that's not what I meant, right? Like, sorry, bro, which, you know, people will believe or not believe, right? I don't know anything about Tony Khan. I don't know if he's a liar or anything to people he knows, that kind of thing. But um, with Ariel Helwani, it was just it felt that there was a little bit of that tension and then it, it almost felt like things were a little lighter after that, right? Like that he kind of got that out of the way. But to me, like, I think what Ariel Hawani might be missing is like, I, I enjoyed that conversation a lot. I thought it was a cool conversation that I don't get to see from Tony Khan a lot. And you brought me that, right? I was like, I should watch more of these Ariel Hawani interviews. Right.
0: They're good. But now yeah, you're telling me like,
1: no, this was supposed to be transactional and I, he should have known I was going to ask these questions and I didn't even want to have this conversation. Otherwise well then like i guess we shouldn't have done it you know what i mean like maybe then yeah. i would just would have never watched so like it's just that kind of i don't know it just felt like it was like man why why did you begrudgingly do this interview then yeah.
0: you know? Yeah, know yeah well who knows who um knows? <laughs> but hey, we can get into way, yeah we have some tweaked tables we do have some Tweet the Tables. Oh, yeah, because
1: uh, we're not too far removed. We uh, I know of one that I brought, unless there's a second one that you've seen that's come in since then, but I'll put this one up now. Nope. It's from at Justin Floor, F-L-O-R, says, With Jericho defeating previous ROH champions and Daniel Garcia siding with JAS, I don't know who could dethrone Jericho other than Samoa Joe, but he's occupied with the TV title. Hashtag Tweet the Table. So, yes jericho is taking down roh right but who's left is it is it cm punk did they work a deal where they're like all right fine you'll go work in in roh
0: so i don't know how long you can have this storyline go because apparently from all indications uh, cm punk is out until the middle of next year i don't see chris jericho continuing this roh destruction for that long of a time, right? I would say, it's, you know who it actually should be? It, here's an easier layup. Well, no, because he already beat him. I was going to say Daniel or uh, Brian Danielson. Bryan but he Daniel, already yeah, beat but him. you could
1: run that back. No, it would be well, easy. I'm, you I'm, could okay. do it and it would be believable. Uh, but it wouldn't be the greatest story. Can't Tyler, can't Black, no, like Tyler Black. keep saying Tyler Black.
0: Kevin Steen. Just get Kevin Steen. Yeah, it's Kevin Steen. Uh, I they think, yeah, die. Samoa Joe. So War Joe, which we can talk about for a quick second, War Joe announced that they're going to beat up the 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 kingdom or whoever they are, right? Uh, eventually, those two need to fight. I would think out of that, Samoa Joe loses the title to someone being too focused on Wardlow. That is just speculation. That's maybe something I would do. I, yeah, Justin, I think you're right. I think it's Samoa Joe. The cool answer is CM Punk, but the realistic answer is most likely Samoa Joe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling we're not seeing CM Punk wrestle for either WWE or AEW, which means ROH ever again.
0: Well, but he ain't doing that because that's when they took Colt Cabana to Ring of Honor to get away from AEW yeah you ain't going to ring of honor with court cabana
1: that's what i mean and roh is owned by awc just i don't think we're seeing that again just because of like well we don't know when you're gonna pop off at the mouth on a live microphone and put us in a pr disaster over nothing
0: nothing can can we talk about that just for a quick about minor
1: everyday inconveniences well, people's I've been bullshit chewing
0: on this for for a little bit about cm punk just just for on one issue one issue that he had, what that he brought up is things are getting out and it needs to fucking get better and they know who they are this is bullshit alluding to the young bucks kenny omega hangman that group of people leaking Your things Meltzer love fast. yeah to the melters and stuff i would counter that argument if we were in a debate with CM Punk, with bro, are you fucking serious? Look at all of the things that they keep such under wraps. Brody Lee. We didn't hear a fucking peep about Brody Lee or anything. Adam Cole, we still we're speculating. AW has said fucking jack shit about Adam Cole's apparent head injury. That's all coming from Dave Meltzer, who's not a fucking doctor. That's a just fact, right? Or journalist. So I would tell, or journalists. or yeah, because how many retractions has he posted? Mabel was the third guy. I haven't forgot about that. Anyhow, he did say Mabel uh,
1: was the third guy. Yeah, he?
0: and it's fucking Hulk Hogan, you dumb shit.
1: That's what you need Why to do. do you in your run back stuff? in your in your yeah. little uh, uh, action figure world that's coming soon. You need to get a Mabel, Mabel action figure. Mabel is the third <laughs> like man. It. Bring it to life. I like it. Meltzer will retweet it. You'll be famous.
0: That's a good idea. Uh, But I would just say to CM Punk, hey, man, like, there's such a track record of good housekeeping with information that you getting so upset about this makes me think it's a you thing, not an AEW thing. I just don't know how he ever comes back from it. He can't come back as a baby face. Some people still love him
1: for it. Fucking for what? People love CM Punk like they love Trump. They love him just because of the name. Like he meant something at some point in their life or something he said they identify with and they will ride or die because he said it.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. I like CM Punk the character. I've always liked the CM Punk character in the ring, on the mic, cutting promos that are a part of sure. wrestling. I stories. wouldn't
1: say I hate it. I wouldn't say I'm like, oh, I, like I was never like, I gotta tune in to see what CM Punk's doing. I mean, the the pipe bomb that we've all come to know obviously was was major television happening in front of us. But other than that, I've always been like, yeah, he's upper tier. Like if we were rating the sports reference, right? I would say he's in. If we're ranking all the quarterbacks in the NFL, he's falling in that seven to 14 range, right? Like I was, I was like, yeah. yeah, fine, fine. perfect. But yeah. Phil Brooks, man, by all accounts, seems like an atrocious, obnoxious asshole.
0: Yes, that's the difference. And again, as someone who's said multiple times on this podcast, who fucking cares? We don't work with them. I don't need to know shit about them. I don't need to know shit I'll never about meet the any guy. of these people.
1: If I meet him, I'll he'll be like, you talk do. shit about me on a podcast, fuck you. I'll be like, yeah, you're right. You're probably right. I would just yeah. do that.
0: I'm like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: You want me to get Kenny I mean, Omega I, to me, I feel like I got a good chance. <laughs> yeah. You want me to get Kenny Omega to get your dog again? Because I love Larry. You want to go? Yeah. I see steel
1: around, so I feel like I'm all right. I think I'll be safe. A-Steel <laughs>
0: runs run through. that motherfucker. A-Steel, by the King way, Omega for-
1: friend of the show-ish, uh, you know, through some connections and, and you know, friendly to the show um Very respect that guy and, and i would not you know what i mean if he's like see punks my guy well then like you said it was fine you know or phil brooks is like like we said great it and and by all accounts but what i mean by all accounts is from everything i've seen again i don't know the guy personally maybe he's misunderstood i don't fucking know right but by everything i've seen i'm like man that guy seems hard to work with
0: well yeah and again i have plenty of friends who have friends that i fucking hate you know what i mean that's yeah that's common yeah. in, in life anyhow i just thought about that i sure you got that, some where... friends that
1: hate me i'm easy to hate hey, if i can oh, yeah there's three
0: there's
1: three of them three of them all right, um well, that makes sense. what do we got going on now
0: so yeah i just wanted to bring up that real quick about uh cm punk because i've been chewing on it for a little bit and i just uh, well, I, i'm I was gonna be up
1: all night being like what fucking three is <laughs> he
0: said, that's why i said it motherfucker mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: that's why i said it you dumbass, yeah, no, anyway, sorry, <laughs> to interrupt, you're like, I'm one of the three, you asshole. <laughs> <Ha>! <laughs> there's only three people that fucking hate you, and I'm both of them. <laughs> what is that the fucking Lamar said, the fucking LeVar Ball or whatever, when he was like, there's only two men, what he said to The Miz on that one time on Raw, he was like, there's only two men better than me, and I'm both of them. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I like he it. said, yeah. Yeah, I remember he took his shirt off and he saw, like, going off script. Fucking the ball. All right, what do we got? Yes. So, that was AEW. We had our Tweet the Tables. Let's talk about a few of the WWE things. The biggest thing is we got Bray Wyatt to cut a promo. When I say Bray Wyatt, we got Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt out here saying, this is me. I've never talked to you as me, like – love you guys, can't imagine all the support, all this, all that. And then he gets cut off by the mask. And it kind of looks like the mask from The Mask. or the movie The Mask? Mm-hmm. Kind of Jim looks Perry. like that. And that interrupts him and is like, fucking bitch. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? But he's like, stop being a pussy. You guys are fucking doomed, basically, right? Cheap paraphrasing there. So what do you think?
0: Uh, so I saw... Sam Roberts break this down. And apparently the, the speech that the demon mask person, whatever that thing is, gave is from a book about like life on all these islands and each island represents a time so like at midnight it's the crazy ones but like three o'clock in the afternoon it's the fine wine fine one and so what he uh was alluding to is he thinks all of these characters are all these different islands like it is in this book i can't remember what the book is again i don't fact check but that's what i heard
1: mm-hmm.
0: earlier you said road dog said that nothing in AEW makes fucking sense right here's Example A A through Z about fucking WWE storytelling never making fucking sense. So you're trying to tell me, Tim, you're trying to tell me that a man walks out and admits he's breaking character. We have broken through the fourth wall. I am not Bray Wyatt. This is Wyndham Rotunda. Okay, we've had that plenty of times in the past. Samoa Joe, or excuse me, not Samoa Joe, but Roman Reigns announcing that he has uh, cancer and calling himself Joe, all of those things. We've had that, perfectly fine. But he says, I just wanna take time to break down the fourth wall, talk to you for what you did for me throughout this time period when Vince fired me for fucking no reason. But, um, and he's talking, okay, I'm all, I'm okay, we're good. All right, this is weird, but again, no mission statement, no, no direction. And then you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me, that he gets cut off by himself.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: what the fuck is that?
1: Yeah, because this is where we talked about. I I don't mind. It? I don't mind suspense in the way of spookiness when. Person is using mind games, is using trickery, is whatever. But if you're telling me there is an actual other being that exists above Bray Wyatt but is Father and Son and the Holy Spirit Bray Wyatt, right? Like, I'm starting to get lost. And this was what we've worried about and talked about with Bray Wyatt and his many incarnations is, man, you can get lost. You're very deep, very creative, very well thought out, but you don't do enough explaining the details to everyone else, right? Like it's, you've got to slow play it more. If we get somewhere that we find out that like he fight club style didn't realize he made his own recording to interrupt himself. Okay. Right. But right now, That's the only thing I can fathom or imagine that would connect these two. And that feels like a bit of a stretch.
0: And again, but then, but then we broke the fourth wall. We said, we're not storytelling now. We're not storytelling. The credits ran. Remember that the episode of SmackDown, the credits ran and Wyndham Rotunda walked out. So I'm, I took that as this is a shoot brother, right? This is okay hey you want to take five minutes before we get into all the fun stuff to just say how much we meant to you fantastic but for you to break down the fourth wall say i'm not bray Wyatt, i am Wyndham of but then we jump back in because then the spooky guy is actually you talking about it feels a lot like you like we don't know everything he knows like, you can't tell us a story when you have all the information and don't tell us all the information. what and I'm saying. Can't. You're
1: not doing a good enough job of explaining what's going on. And I get, sometimes you leave cliffhangers. You don't tell me everything, but you're not telling oh, yeah, me anything right now.
0: That made no sense. The two appearances made he's made sense. has made no sense. Progress and again, no was- story
1: progress nothing about the character i mean uh, well i mean it shows us there's something new about the character if you want to call that progressing the character but i mean it's it's, who, it's 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 only displayed the character right if i can say that it's kind of what we said what? we said last week all you did was present bray wyatt now all you kind of did, did, did was present bray wyatt again yeah, but yet we again. we made Wyndham rotunda separate from bray wyatt
0: but here's my thing. I don't fuck... Are we doing therapy every week? Who the fuck cares? There's a difference when Hangman does it and is competing and is having self-doubt and then trying to overcome that to win matches and Bray Wyatt, Windham Rotunda, spooky death guy, fucking just talking shit. Go after someone. This is a competition of fucking alpha males and females trying to win and be the best of this made-up world we've we've all come up with. So, like, what the... So next week, if he comes out hey, guys, don't know what that was. One last thing that I want to tell you. And then he gets cut off again by another spooky fat pig or something. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You have problems. I said this last go week. To, go to a doctor.
1: I said this last week. I really don't want a wrestling pig. So help me the fuck, man. Yeah, I don't man. think we're going
0: to get that. But, but I'm just saying, like, go to a therapist. Because this isn't wrestling. If it's just you... Peeing on yourself and then feeling bad for yourself—I don't fucking care. Do something. Like I'm the I'm the meme with the stick. Yeah. Fucking Bray White <sighs> saying do This whole something. thing is
1: well, it's just that right. Like, all right, we get it. You're really mentally fucked up and should be committed. You have multiple personality disorder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do I give a shit? I there are probably hundreds of thousands of people who suffer from this. And I don't think we should be making light of it on wrestling television. So, like, what are you doing? What story are you trying to tell me? What goal are you trying to achieve? Who are you after? What do you want?
0: Yes, that's it. And, again, it's two appearances. But my thing is I am positive and patient, right? I'm hoping that it's not therapy session, that we kick it into gear, we go after – Sammy's I a, hope I he's a master he
1: storytelling and he just knows how to you know dangle someone.
0: Right. Yep. And that's perfect. So that is how that is my approach to the Bray Wyatt character. Where I'm getting so aggravated is fucking people saying that was the greatest debut in wrestling history and then his appearance on SmackDown was one of the best in in recent memory. The fuck it was. It might that's be because your you memory the story, is shit
1: if that's the case right like that's yeah
0: but it also might be something cool like if you tie it back 12 weeks from now but right now right now these two standalone appearances that you viewed with your eyeballs are not great
1: with two (laughs) heartfelt promos we had an mjf heartfelt promo about william regal and his tryouts from wwe and we had bray wyatt's thing on smackdown and to take a a a phrase and bastardize it from ariel hawani if you think the bray wyatt one was better i feel like you're lying (laughs) right like i can't imagine how you felt that that meant anything look he would be a supreme dickhead in life if he didn't appreciate your guys's fucking support no shit right right? (laughs) like i mean not to say that like of course you say it and that's you know i mean it's heartfelt and thank you like we appreciate it back of course you know but like that Heard feels like ever. a dark promo, right? When Austin would come out and drink yeah. with the fucking fans, that, that's what that felt like.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think they ran the credits is because they wanted us to think that that was what we were doing. Well, that's but what yeah, Triple H, breaking H does. The fourth we wall. run the credits, so yeah. we go,
1: "Ah, it's over." Oh
0: no, it's not. Yeah, but even with MJF, we got something. He changed his mind when William Regal turned his back to him. So we saw a a character progression, and then at the end of the night. He said, I'm not cashing this in on, you know, any random night of dynamite or dark or wherever we're at. I'm going to do it the right way. And he shoved it into William Regal's chest, alluding to the fact that he's changed his mind because of what William Regal said. Again, a fucking story. Tell me the story with Bray Wyatt. I, I don't know what it is. And it could be something. Again, it could be something. I'm not saying it couldn't. But what I'm saying is everyone stop grasping for straws we're all we're all making this into something when it's not yet so stop 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 his entrance music is pretty fucking cool whatever yes. this new uh, entrance song is coming that's fucking cool i
1: do yeah yeah, yeah um another thing that we got um baron corbin is back on raw and jbl introduced him as the new incarnation of the wrestling god which also gave us i don't have any other way to work this in so i'm just going to play put it. your little fat chubby redneck hands together and i'm going to use that forever in perpetuity on this show anytime we introduce <laughs> somebody you're going to get you're going to get this thing right here put your little fat chubby redneck hands together uh i forgot how good jbl is he told um uh, who was the who's bear or who's uh it's the kevin patrick or whatever he was like, I don't know who hired you, but hiring you is like firing five good men. <laughs> Just like, JBL is so great with the insults. Uh, you can, you know, you, you can get overexposed to JBL quickly, but he's back. He's Baron Corbin now again. We've talked about this. I think Baron Corbin is one of the most underrated performers in wrestling today. So I I, I hope we get to see more Baron Corbin. I mean, it feels like it's another like, what do we do with him? I don't know. Get JBL to say he's the next wrestling god. It's like, yeah, all right right i feel like we still haven't found the, the thing to make baron corbin really stick but i feel like i God, he's so good he's so good at what he does
0: i wouldn't even hate if baron corbin now i know what we saw at the end of AEW dynamite so probably not the best timing of this but i wouldn't hate if baron corbin took the clothesline from hell from jbl to make him more vicious to make him more of a badass now that that big boss man slam that is pretty you know in the thing but like A clothesline from hell, everyone fucking remembers, right? We still know when he got that arm out, like you're fucked. And so it also had a little bit of legitimacy to him, right? It was, he's an asshole. And I'm talking about JBL here. He's an asshole. He's talking all this shit, but like, he actually might kick your ass. And I think Baron Corbin needs that. Because right now, Baron Corbin is just, he's big and he's a goof. And so we need a little bit more of a badass. So if that's what he takes from the JBL character, love it. I, like you said, though, do you think JBL this is just a one off,
1: or is JBL around for a couple of weeks or so?
0: That's what I think. I think JBL is around for a couple of weeks, which, like what you said, you can get overexposed uh, on JBL super quick. So let's not make this a, a thing because yeah. he's, he's the perfect definition of what we, I think we were trying to say earlier with CM Punk. You like JBL's insults, you like him on the mic, you like some of his matches, even, right? I would never want to meet him. <laughs> I would never want to meet JBL. You're definitely I, not. That guy seems like a trash person. And I don't, you know, that's what we're trying to say, just to kind of close the loop on early I did a shit season. on
1: Oklahoma while I was there, though, too, right? And he said, I genuinely despise this state. And then he's like, and all of you. <laughs> just kind of like, you know, it's another thing. Um, that was fun. We asked for, specifically, we talked about how WWE is bad at this as well, and they gave us a little bit of this. We Like, in reference to the Miz and um what's the creepy guy's name again i'm dexter, dexter loomis, loomis. We we're like why we're still not getting the why and the understanding they started to maybe sprinkle some of that in johnny gargano tells miz hey man look i know what's happening here and you do too we know what's up we know the truth all you got to do is be honest and come out with it that's all he wants and tell him and miz is acting like what the fuck are you talking about man i don't know what you mean knock it off and he's like you know what i mean and you just need to be honest and Miz is like, ah, oh, whatever. And he just attacks Dexter and said their match. And he's like, ha, you don't get the contract. And Johnny's like, mm, that was the wrong move, bro. You know, you know what it's going to take. So now we get Johnny Gargano sprinkling in this like, no, there is a backstory and you need to be honest about it. I kind of like that wrinkle.
0: I do. And it also gives Johnny Gargano something to do because him and his wife, I think are good wrestlers. They are generic number four creator wrestlers. I yes. like I don't yeah. they I nothing agree. to me. Um so this at least gives them something to do and makes them a little bit more interesting. Kind of like how Nikki Cross was the one who knew all the information about the Alistair Black thing, right? I, this better be good. good reference. I will say that.
1: Good reference. Yeah, yeah what could it be? Because they've made this kind of so comical. I like that Miz yeah, now, man. though, has to like overcompensate on talking about how great his balls are like keep that moving forward that's (laughs) right she had two big balls on the on stage for his like celebration the other week and all that kind of stuff like making the size of ms balls a thing like that he's he's self-conscious about is great
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but what could it be the only thing i could think honestly is there's gonna be a rift between maurice and ms Which Mm. would fuck up everything, right? Because what could
1: it be? Did Miss somehow fuck over Dexter Loomis along the way? Some in the past again, like it doesn't even have to be real. Like we can make it up completely. That's the beauty of rest. Of
0: course, yeah. We should always make it up. Um, Yeah, we should always make it up because
1: yeah. I mean, unless a real story can be like with the MJF William Regal thing, where we can use as any good actor does. If you can use a real life scenario to fuel your emotion, do so. But if we don't have anything, don't force it. Let's make something up.
0: Yeah, what could it be? Because what it has the done? framework. Well, it has the framework of Tommy Dreamer Raven. Mm. Right? Where Tommy Dreamer was the all-American guy. Miz, you could easily say, probably one state in football or something like that. And then Dexter Loomis has the Raven vibes, a little bit more creepier, but like the outcasts and all of that. I mean, we could that that could be the framework that we're working with. But man, you gotta go you got to try swinging for a home run with this. If you're just going to lay it up and say like, there was a time in NXT where uh, he cost Dexter Loomis the U.S. title or whatever the fuck. they like, nah, that ain't for me, brother. Yep. That is not for me. Yeah. Another thing I want to point out, and it's only
1: because <clears throat> I want to point out and give them some credit where it's due. I, I want to acknowledge that we're doing this in like, in baby steps, which is how we feel everybody should be taking it, right? I don't feel like raw is suddenly the greatest thing I'm ever watching, but I think there are positive steps they're making. They are giving us the reasons why we should care, or the reasons why somebody are doing things. Mustafa Ali now is a re- like he's going to everybody who holds that U.S. title, and he's like, "Fuck you, we're fighting. Give me a shot." And they're kind of like, eh, yeah, fuck you." And he's like, "No, fuck you." and hitting him and then oops somebody else won it he's like god damn it and i was like no fuck you right so i kind of like that we're getting like clearly i think this is one of the things people said with triple h coming back like these kind of guys are going to get spots and i don't hate that either i think he's very good at and deserves a shot to try to win us over there was a time where he was about to get the kofi push you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and and in fact we think the kofi push might happen in part due to mustafa ali going out so yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it, this is good here. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to add on on your side of it, but I just, I noticed it, right? Like, well, we're getting a reason, or we're getting a purpose for a character.
0: And I like that, and I like that, but the thing I want to uh, talk about is that one comment you made where, uh, Triple H will use these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, there's still only five hours of TV time, which is still a ton, but, like, five <laughs> yeah. hours of TV time for uh, Raw and SmackDown, so I just want maybe even clip this and we'll put it on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. Right. But I just want everyone to remember when triple H has to make these cuts, you loved them, right? When Vince made the cuts. Now recent cuts is a different story. We're talking three years ago, four years ago when people were getting cut and we're like, well, he's a good talent. He should be pushed. There's going to be people that aren't triple H guys that are going to get released and you all, IWC is who I'm talking about, are going to be like, oh, how could they not give Chad Gable the spot, you know, and now Chad like, Gable fucking rocks, but you get what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't get well, it. Well, but there and were plenty of people that
1: rocked in certain spots, yeah. and they were, it, like, Bray Wyatt was an inexplicable cut. You know, I think well, we came I out of, like, he was that, arguing I about think, money or something, right? Like, and that kind of thing, but, like, there, there well, are definitely times where,
0: yeah. I think that was a make good from Vince McMahon trying to <laughs> make sure WWE had its fucking money from being a Dickhead. again the biggest shareholder in wwe always want to say that because it's true and you guys are supporting them um but i just want everyone to remember we love triple h yeah so when he starts making cuts what the fuck are you gonna say then
1: well and we got the death seemingly of the ezekiel character and elias has returned but we're running back the same thing right he's doing a spot people are interrupting him Matt Riddle's coming out being, uh, pothead Eugene and (laughs) (laughs) right. I mean, that's what he's being, right? I mean, that's, that's exactly what he's being. And so, you know, look, I I think Elias character has those moments, right? He'll say something that the crowd's gonna be like, fuck you. And it's easy segments because he gets to go out there and do a song and kind of make some cheeky, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, It's an easy, let's run, let's play the hits with Elias, right? Literally. Uh, But again, why, like, I get from the beginning that the Elias character has just tried to make his name as a singing star, and you motherfuckers keep interrupting him, right? But, like, when does he really snap, right? Because now we see, uh, look, I think even if you're, if you believe kayfabe is real, whatever, you understood Ezekiel was Elias. So there's something mentally wrong with this guy as well, right? Like...
0: Uh, hmm? i got
1: okay what do you have you got?
0: something there all right i don't know but you maybe that's that's a good angle to right? take something's wrong with this yeah, guy so now, we have a
1: snap about the people interrupting him, and we get something different because yeah, i think he's, now, he's an okay talent you've mentioned his in-ring work is nothing that you'll uh, even when remember when the bell rings
0: but... when the bell rings that's when you get a hot dog like that yeah. fucking guy <laughs> i ain't even watching any of his shit um Now, here's the thing that you might run into that that, so quick plug, and I've been trying to get you on this beat, but you haven't done it yet. Sunday nights at seven o'clock in the one true time zone. You can be on Spotify Spotify live with Ron Funches and the one fall nation. And on the one fall nation, I am a contributor. uh, So give it a shot. But what I will say is one of the things that we talked about, and I want to bring up to you as well is let's say that's the the angle we take which is very interesting right when is this motherfucker going to snap he has this Ezekiel he has, he is Elias but what the fuck right but if we do that then we're adding crazy spooky whatever elias dexter loomis carryon cross. cross bray white and in the big honcho <laughs> yeah. bray white so like is it halloween every monday night which again Halloween would be a the judgment day. Awesome. You know
1: what I'm saying? You know what I mean? They're goth, right? Yeah. Like you're, oh, they're light, yeah. dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. this is kind of the thing where it's like, hey, you have a great idea. This is what I was talking about the, the, the whole first time Triple H took over. Awesome. Great. Love it. Your first stories are going to be awesome. Now, what are you going to do when the seasons have changed and now you have to come up with new stories? i'm not saying he can't i hope he does i hope vince doesn't get any money from it but uh what next right because we got all these spooky guys all of a sudden what are you gonna do with them huh we're gonna do a, a a lights on lights off match where we just fucking turn them on and off and all these personalities appear
1: a bugs on the ring match <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need another bugs that's on like the a ring match. Pray. nothing beats that <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean that's all i have from on. the from the WWE side of things, we talked about AW. Was there anything else you need to hit
0: before we? uh The only thing I'm actually excited about, and I think they need to continue this trend, uh, Friday night is a live edition of Rampage. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to watch it more. I get I hate the spoilers and all that. Why you do that? Just stand in front of a movie and just tell me the fucking ending, you douchebags. But when you do it live, it has an element of fun, right? Anything could happen, kind of thing. Uh, so Friday night. Live, AEW Rampage. Very excited about
1: that. I'm imagining Tom will be live tweeting as it's going on. So join us on Twitter, at Table Show. And then join us here next week, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, depending on how the week goes. Just pay attention to our social medias, and we'll update you. It'll be Wednesday or Thursday, possibly. Who knows? Whenever we feel like it, because as of now, you're not paying us. So uh, until next time. You can. uh, (laughs) Join us next time. (laughs) And be our wrestling friends on episode 406 of the Spanish Announce Table.